an outpost of you all. Did you know that? Like, we are part of this body, but, but God is doing stuff in our neck of the woods. Literally, we live in the forest. <laughs> we live in the Daniel Boone Forest. And um, recently, we've, there's just been a lot of amazing things going on out there. Like I mentioned, just having a service every Sunday. We've had families that have come as missionaries from China who couldn't go back because of COVID, stayed the year with us, had, their, had a child there. You know, like lots of really exciting stuff. Um, but just recently, so John Paul mentioned that we uh, staff Harvest School 34, which is actually still happening. They're in, they're in Reynosa now. Um, and we didn't know that was going to happen. And I don't know if you remember about a month ago, the Iris team came and led service. Uh, and we just came because we're connected with Pamela and Tony and, and other Iris folks. And so we came for that too, to uh, just worship with you all and had no idea, but the Lord invited us to go staff the school and it's a crazy story in itself but uh we had a week to prepare and the lord said give me your yes and then let me sort out everything else and it was crazy because i own two uh, cell phone repair businesses and one of the stores had no employees so i was driving an hour and a half one way so three hours a day five days a week to run that store the other store had a college graduate technician who was uh, not sure if he, he graduated, so he wasn't sure if he was going to stay or go, go pursue a different career. And uh, so that would have left just another. So I was like, this is pretty vulnerable. I don't know. But the Lord said, give me your yes now and let it all sort out. Well, anyway, and plus we have Clef Rock. So how is that going to all work out? We have guests coming, cabins need to be cleaned, all that stuff. How is this going to work out? Well, in a week's time, the Lord provided a store manager that runs both of my stores, another technician, and the other guy who was thinking about leaving decided to stay and commit. And then uh, another uh, friend of ours called and said, hey, I've been staying in Kentucky. The place I'm staying at, the water line broke, and we're having all kinds of plumbing issues. You reckon we can come and I can come and stay with you all? Megan said, yes. And by the way, would you consider staying the whole month of June while we go to harvest school? And she said, yes. So we were able to go. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> So we've had a blast. We've had a really good time uh, staffing that school. And part of the school is uh, they come and they do outreach. They, they want to give the students an opportunity. They've come here, you all know, right? Uh, and and this, they go out to Clef Rock with us and we do outreach, just like they do here. And so just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had organized um, uh, a tent meeting. I, the only thing I did was rent a tent just because I thought we were gonna do a tent meeting. So we'll set up a tent in our city park. It's a little town called Mount Vernon. And uh, we got the tent set up for a Friday night and a Saturday night. But other than that, we had no other agenda. That was it. So uh, basically the students come, uh, we fellowship, rest, enjoy the river and the woods and, and, and just rest for a day. And then we jump right in full on. And so we. We intentionally don't have any plans at all. We just, we just want Jesus' agenda. So when, when they come, we worship, we intercede, and then there's a moment in that intercession where the Lord, well, in the worship, where it turns and shifts to intercession. And remember, these guys have never been to our area, our part of the country. And so 
we instructed them, hey, we're just going to get some words. Let's just, let's just find out where Jesus wants to go, who he wants to minister to, what he maybe wants to say. Look for like maybe some landmarks or whatever. And so they begin to get these words of knowledge. And it was really fun for Megan and I because we live there. And, you know, like one student is like, I see um, there's a mural painted on a building of horses. And we're like, what? That's amazing because there's a bank downtown with a mural of horses. And so, and then you put all these pieces together. Someone's like, I see a woman in a red sweater with a blue shoe. I don't know. I'm just, I don't remember the details, but all these little pieces come together. And then we go out and we look for these clues. And then we go to that, we know there's a mural. So we go to that place and lo and behold, there's a woman in a red sweater. And then we pray and God has an encounter and these people are blessed by the love of Jesus. And so we go door to door and do all that stuff. And um, it's just, it was just an incredible time. But the thing I want to share real quick to, to um, is we were able, we get access to the jail, um, this, this outreach, because it was shut down for COVID. And, and so we were able to get into the jail and the way it works is, I forget how many cells there are, but they wouldn't mix cells. They would only allow one cell at a time. And the jailer told me, well, you get 30 minutes, four of you at a time, 30 minutes, uh, we'll bring in one cell at a time and then just keep switching out. You may have one person in that cell, you may have six people in that cell, but we'll just keep going. Whoever wants to come will come. I said, every cell, we want every cell. We'll stay up however long it takes. And so we get there. I was part of the first group to get there, and he, there was like six of us in our group. He's like, ah, oh, you all can come in, no problem. And then we get in there, and we're in this little cinder block room that they call the church room, and they bring in the first four inmates, and heavy, just, you know, just really down, oppressed. Obviously, you know, that's not a great place to be. Uh, whatever crimes they committed, that's heavy you know it's just a heavy heavy thing to carry and so they come in we have our guitars we have boxes of bibles and uh, there was a, a couple who were part of the mission team uh, who happened to both have spent time in jail and uh, so she shares this message on Barabbas and it was amazing and they're like we, they got their she got their attention actually when she she said um Listen, guys, there's four guys. Listen, guys, I've spent time in jail. I, I know. I used, I used to be a bartender. I ran heads across the bar. I know what you're talking about. And instantly, she's got their attention and their respect. You know, they had some authority because they'd been there. They'd done that. Anyway, uh, I'm just sharing this because I hope it encourages your faith, right? Like in Romans, in the introduction in Romans, Paul says, uh, you know, I, I'm eager to come to you and impart some sort of, some spiritual gift, right? Uh, but not just that, I want to receive from you as well. And so that's why we're here, that's why we meet on Sundays, is to encourage each other's faith. So I hope that as I'm sharing this testimony, it encourages your faith. Um, so anyway, uh, we move into a moment where we worship, and, uh, and then we began to prophesy. We got words of knowledge. And as soon as we got the words of knowledge, that's where it really, I mean, it was already really, the presence of God was already there. But one of the guys, Greg, the man who was spent time in jail, said, 
I just feel like there's somebody here who has, uh, actually it's one of you guys, and he's kind of narrowing it down, who worked with your hands, you're like a mechanic, you worked on engines, and he's like elbowing his friend, like freaked out because he was like, that's me he's talking about, you know? And, uh, and then he keeps going and he's like, he's like giving out details and they're just like shocked that he's giving them details about their lives. And here they are incarcerated and, and this guy's a stranger, but he's telling them things about their life. But where it really, where it really opened up was when he said, and you were, be somebody really close to you betrayed you. Whoa. Floodgates open. He's a puddle. The, the Lord is touching him. It spreads to the next guy. We start prophesying to the next guy. We prophesy to the next guy. There was four guys in there, and literally all four of them were powerfully encountered by Jesus, and they gave their life to the Lord. It was amazing. It was amazing. So that's our report at the outpost, and we... And it continued. I, there's a guy who's our, a local uh, in Mount Vernon who's just a faithful follower who's, who's in the park every month. He uh, ministers to the least of these on a regular basis. He was so excited to go to the jail. He spent all five, he spent five hours in the jail. And he spent all five hours there. And I was like, John, his name's John. I was like, John, I wasn't there for all of it. Tell me what happened. He's like, man, that, that first one was amazing. But it just got more intense. It got crazier. It was amazing. So there was a lot of other people who also got saved. And uh, it was just powerful. So um, do you want to share? Okay. Last thing about this outreach. It's just because this is so good. So good. So we have the tent meetings. We, we worship. We preach. And during the, during the time, um, there's a basketball court in the park. And some of the missionaries were just playing ball. How many know that you can... Witness at the ba basketball court. And so they're playing a ba game of basketball with a couple of kids who are there. And uh, they start talking about Jesus. And they, there's, they were cousins. And they're like, yeah, we've, we uh, believe in Jesus. I think one of them believed in Jesus, one of them didn't. And he's like, but I haven't been baptized yet. And he tells Megan, I think. The uh, missionary comes and tells Megan. And Megan was like, no way, we're not letting this happen. We're, we're going to make sure this happens. He's like, I'd like to get baptized tonight, basically. And, and Megan is uh, looking around, like, thinking, okay, we could go to a creek. There's a creek. And then she's like, logistically, that won't work. We can't drive everybody to the... And plus, he, his, his uh, guardian isn't here, so we can't do that. Uh, then she gets the idea. I'm going to go to the dollar store. And she buys a kiddie pool, a swimming pool, in the back of my truck. Then she finds somewhere to fill it up with water. And we come to the park, and in the middle of worship, we, we say, hey, by the way, Brandon, or Dylan, I think was his name, wants to get baptized. We baptized this kid in the back of my, our, my pickup truck, and uh, she pulls in. It's hilarious because she pulls in, and it's, you know, it's Appalachia, you know. So this water is sloshing all over the place, and here she comes trucking in, backing up to where we are. And anyway, we ended up baptizing that boy that night. And then the next night, three kids got baptized. We were prepared this time. So isn't that amazing? Praise God. So exciting. So anyway, that's our report. And I hope that's encouraging to you guys. Um, so who's heard of the Appalachian Awakening? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> okay. So... I, I just gonna like I was just thinking about it. Here's how how I would so what is it? 
if anybody doesn't know, okay, anybody listening, watching, anybody here who doesn't maybe know what the Appalachian Awakening is, what it is is God has stirred a desire and a hunger in many people to express his unfailing love to a region of the world called Appalachia. Does that sound right? There's a, there's a future expectation that there may be and there's going to be an outpouring of power and a pouring of his spirit in Appalachia, right? And we call that revival. We're praying that God would bring revival to Appalachia, right? So there's this expectation that God is going to do something really big and powerful and, and, and break forth. There's also this expectation that there's going to be a great harvest, right? That there's a, there's a harvest that's ripe, that there's a harvest ready for the picking, right? In Appalachia specifically. And, that's, and we've come behind that and said, yes, yes, Lord, we're in, we're in, we're in. And I wanted to say, I, I'm, I'm, I want to like honor and bless this community for coming together in such a way that as a group, as a family has said, yes, that's what you're doing, God. And we're in, and we're in, and we're in, and we're in. And then a part of the awakening, there's a mobilization happening, right? There's a mobilization. What I mean is God is bringing laborers. Because if we have an expectation that there's a harvest, which I think there is, who's with me? Is there a harvest in Appalachia? <laughs> yeah. And so if that's the case, then God is going to mobilize us and others to come and harvest, right? To harvest and pick this, this harvest. So he's mobilizing. Uh, he's mobilizing churches and other ministries. And, and it's happening throughout all of Appalachia. All of Appalachia. I mean, here we are. Can you see me? That's, where are we? Rockcastle County. Right here. Rockcastle County. So that's us. That's happening right here. That, what I just described, is happening here. And you guys are here-ish. Okay. <laughs> so it's happening all throughout the Appalachian region. And God is mobilizing people all throughout this region. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that an honor that he has, he has given that to us and he's entrusting us and saying, hey, let's do this. Let's do this together. So what I want to do today, um, like I said, I'm proud to see this body of believers just come into alignment with that and go for it. Um, there's prayer, uh, prayer house that sprouts up, right? There's there's events and all these things that have, have popped up in the expectation and the uh, excitement that God is doing something, right? And I love that, and it's so good, and so good. But I want to talk about, uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, in your lifetime, by the showing of hands, how many of you have either uh, been a part of, heard of, seen, a powerful move of God by the showing of your hands. Where a culture, a community, a city has been transformed by the love and the gospel of Jesus. Show of hands again. Look at that. It's amazing. Isn't that amazing? So I wanna I wanna suggest that you know there's these moments of 
revival that break out. Like there's these moments of a pouring out that happen and, and they're identified in history, right? We, the Cane Ridge revival, which is near us. There's, there's, there's these moments of bubbling up, if you will, right? But I want to suggest that there was a process that got to that point, right? Like there, it's a process and God loves process, by the way. It's in every single thing he's ever created. He delights in it. That's why he made it in part of his creation. Like a baby is a baby and grows to be a man or a woman. And that process is beautiful and God delights in that, you know? So there's a process in, in stewarding and, and pushing for this thing that we expect God to do. And he's doing it now, right? Surely he's doing it right now. We're not, it's not necessarily just the future. It's happening right now. Is that right? So, um, I want to maybe take uh, a second here, if I can, to reduce this to uh, just the individual, to us, to you. Focus on your own heart, your own life, and uh, let's reduce it from the community, which I just, you know, said we're, we're, we're doing great. But how do you, as an individual, partner with Revival, partner with the Appalachian Awakening on a daily basis? How do you steward that? How do you keep the fire of revival burning on a regular basis? Right? So let's, let's take a look at how we're going to do that. Let's first start in Matthew, uh, Matthew 28. How much time do I have, by the way? Nobody has a roast in the oven or anything, right? Get back to. All right. So Matthew 28, verse uh, 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this I am with you always even to the end of the age Lord we just I just thank you for your presence here Lord, we're so thankful that you're here that you are present and I ask that you would make us even more aware of you even now would you come I believe you have gifts for us today each individual, I believe you have a gift for each of us, an empowerment for each of us. So just, would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you take these words and set them into our hearts? Make the connection from our head to our heart. And that's something only you can do. And so we just say, would you do that? Would you guys, is that what you want? Would you just do that, Jesus? Would you do that, Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name. The word go in verse 19, uh, like I'm not a scholar, but I've read that it, it means in the Greek, as you are going. So as you go, make disciples. So as you go. And so back to my question of how do we do this on a daily basis? How do we do this? How do we make disciples as we go? Okay. And... Uh, you know, how do, we, how do we make disciples when we're at work, when we're shopping for groceries, when we're at the bank, 
when we're teaching a class at school, when we're uh, at school, when we're, we're, you know, as we're going, as we're just living our life, how do we, how do we uh, make disciples as we're going? Coaching a basketball team, whatever. Um, and I think there's at least the three, three things I want to try to get through today if we have time is make disciples, the empowerment of the spirit, like spiritual gifts, and then looking for him, looking for God. And so now let's turn over to John chapter 5, if we could. I love you guys. This is so fun to be here with you. We're so encouraged by your, by you all. Feel so loved and just we were brought into a family, and we're just so thankful. So, if John chapter five. So, just to set this up a little bit here, this is uh, where Jesus has just healed a man at the pool of Bethesda, right? You've heard that story, and uh, it's incredible. However, it was a no-no to do it on the Sabbath. So. The Pharisees and the religious leaders are pretty, pretty upset about it, you know. And, uh, you know, in my translation it says they were harassing Jesus about this. Uh, and so, yeah, so in the beginning here in John 5, 16, so the Jewish leaders, Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But here's what Jesus replied. My father is always working, and so am I. And then later on, he explains in verse 19, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. So, Jesus' Jesus's life and these stories we read, like, it's not just because he's the Son of God. I mean, that's obviously true, right? That he can see what the Father is doing. But I see an invitation in this for you and me, right? Because everything that Jesus is and does, he actually gives it to us. He says, this is how you do this, and you should do it like this. And so he's saying, my father's always doing something, always. And I can only do what I see my father do. And so now for us, we can look and see what the father's doing and then do the thing that the Father's doing, right? And so the thing I love about this is that it takes all the pressure off of you. Because it's not you. <laughs> right? It's just God. He's doing something, and so there's no pressure. There's no pressure on us. So, because uh, it's God all along. And so we just come into partnership with Him. Right? We just come in and participate with the Holy Spirit. We participate with God. And so... Um, how do you identify God? So for me, um, I just have feelings or a sense that God wants to do something or, um, you know, God may speak a word to me. Um, I may have a desire. 
Uh, sometimes it's just uh, practical, you know, I can see somebody is in pain physically or, and so, you know, that's obvious maybe. And so, but, I, but one thing that I think is especially important is when you might feel compassion. Because if you look at the scriptures and almost every time before Jesus heals like a crowd, when it's, it says, and he was moved with compassion, and he healed all their sick, you know? And so if you feel moved with compassion, I think that's God showing you he's doing something, right? And maybe you need to step into that. And so that's the next part of it is just to take risks. So um, taking risks, you know, and just what, what I mean is, Stepping into and, and navigating and facilitating that thing that you see God doing. Does that make sense? So uh, I'll share some stories that might help help uh, explain that a little bit better. Um, and remember, when we step into that and we take that risk, that maybe this is God. I've heard it said like, like Peter in the boat, like, that looks a little bit like Jesus out there. I'm not taking any, I'm going, you know, and I'm going to take a chance. And I'm just going to go for it, right? So just take a risk. And so here's an example. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I have two cell phone uh, repair shops. And uh, early on, we, I just had the one in Campbellsville, Kentucky. And uh, this particular day, uh, there was a girl who came in with her friend, young, they were young people. Um, and she was just coming to get her phone fixed. And so I'm up at the counter just kind of doing, you know, checking her in and getting all her details and all this. And I see her friend walk in and he's just like, like this, you know, and he's young. And I was like, wow, that's not healthy. That really looks like he's in a lot of pain. And he was wincing and just kind of gingerly sits down in the chair. So as I'm like with her, I'm like, what are you doing, God? And as a side note, I, I, I have developed this, and I didn't mean to, it was just the Lord showing me, but I think I've developed a, a, a lifestyle of keeping this question whenever I meet anybody, whenever I'm coming in contact with somebody, I'm asking, Father, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And so I do that with every single customer that comes in the door. I'm like, what are you doing, Father? Looking over there, I'm like, what are you doing, Dad? There's a guy who needs healing. Okay. Okay, it'll be 30 minutes. We'll come back and get you. And, or come back and pick up the phone. And so I'm, I'm like processing. I know the Lord would want to heal this guy. Okay. Uh, should I do it? I think so. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out and do this. Oh, but man, we're right. Like, it's right in the middle of the lobby. The front door is right there. If other customers come in and see me praying for somebody, this could be weird and awkward, and what would that be? I don't know. Well, and I was going to step to the back, <laughs> okay? Pretend that's a wall, and you, I was going to step to the back, and the Holy Spirit's like, what are you doing? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I go out to the lobby, and uh, I said, uh, Hey man, I love I, I I'm a Christian, and uh, I believe Jesus wants to heal your back. Obviously, you're in pain, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in pain, and I don't even know what he did. I didn't even ask. I just uh, I just I really think Jesus wants to to heal you. And this guy had no I didn't know this, 
here's how I knew. Well, I didn't know this, but he had no understanding at all of this person named Jesus that I said wants to heal him, right? And so uh, I said, can I just pray for your back? I think Jesus wants to heal you. Would that be okay if I prayed for you? And he's like, sure. I'm like, no, like right now. Can we do that right now? And he's like, sure. And so he, I said, can you just stand up? And I said, I just use this model because it's easy to gauge. But I, I said, whatever your pain level is right now, it's a 10, okay? We're just going to use it as a 10. Then we're going to pray, and we're going to see if Jesus brings it down. Any, you know? We want to gauge this. We, I believe he wants to do it right now. So anyhow, uh, this is how I knew he didn't know anything about Jesus or he wasn't in the church culture. So I pray, I pray like a 30-second prayer, put my hand on his back, Jesus, thank you for this guy. I ask you right now to come and heal his back, take all the pain right now, I command healing in the back in the name of Jesus, something like that. And he goes, he mumbled something, and I was like, what's that? He goes, amen, isn't that what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's right. And then, and then he kind of, he kind of like goes like this, whoa, what are you doing to me? I was like, uh, what, what do you got, what's going on? He goes, what are you doing to me? I'm like, no, I'm not doing, I'm praying for your back. And he's like, well, my back is hot. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome, that's Jesus. Jesus is healing your back, he loves you so much, he's after your heart, he wants you. He wants you to come into his kingdom. And he loves you, he's coming after you. So, uh, he's, I, he's, I said, so what's your pain level? He goes, Oh, it's probably like a five. I'm like, what? It went from a 10 to a five just right now? He's like, yeah, I mean, it's better. It's done better. I was like, okay, that is awesome. That is Jesus, and he loves you. And let me just explain something. There was a time when Jesus in the Bible uh, prayed for a man who was blind, completely blind, couldn't see. And is this where you put mud on his eye? I think, put mud on his eye. Or spit, yeah. And then... His eyes are opened a little, like healed a little, and he sees like what looks like trees, right? The guy's like, Jesus checks in on him. So what's your pain level? You know, how, how well can you see? And he's like, well, I see like trees. They look like trees. And Jesus is like, okay, well, let's pray again. And so that's what I told him. And I said, so Jesus is taking your pain from a 10 to a 5. Let's pray again. So he's like, okay. Same thing, 30 seconds, Jesus, come right now and then complete this healing. Thank you for what you've done. Would you heal it all the way? And almost before I could even say amen, he jumps back. What are you doing to me? And he, he starts to cuss at me. Like, what are you doing to me? What are you doing to me? What are you? He runs out the door. He leaves. He literally runs into the parking lot and takes off. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So... Ma'am, uh, just come back in 30 minutes and pick up your phone and we'll be ready. I was like, okay. So I, had, I, I think I remember just, it was so funny because I just was like, Jesus loves you! As he's running out the door, I didn't know what to do. So anyway, uh, she comes back to pick up the phone a couple of hours later and he walks in like, no big deal, like this, and just sits down in the chair and I'm like, buddy, what are you, what's going on? He's like, my, my back is totally fine. Like, I have no pain. So Jesus healed him. Isn't that incredible? So that's what I'm talking about. How does it look like on a daily basis? It's just stepping into this stuff daily. And that's how revival starts to, starts to 
get a little snowball, right? Like coming down a mountain, the avalanche comes because one by one, each of us are doing this stuff. We're stepping out and we're stepping out and we're going to say, okay, I think, God, I think this looks like Christ. I'm doing it, right? Another time, Philip actually worked at the shop and uh, uh, there was a guy who came in with a sling and uh, an arm in a sling. So not like a word of knowledge, right? It wasn't like a big spiritual moment we had. But the guy came in a sling. That's a need. And so you see that and you think, okay, well, maybe Jesus wants to heal this guy, right? So uh, same thing. We're doing the checkout. I come up to greet the guy or talk to the guy. And he's going like this at the counter. He had, remember, he had it in a sling. I come back and he's going like this. And he's looking so puzzled. And I was like, Jesus, did Jesus just heal this guy without, like, anybody praying for him? Like, he just walked into the store? That's awesome. So I'm like, what happened, man? What are you doing? Because I was like, why are you doing that? And he goes, that guy, talking about Philip, he's like, that guy just prayed for me. I'm talking, that must have been, like, 45 seconds, like, time. Like, boom, Philip's on it, prays for him. He comes up, and the guy's going like this. And he's like, that guy just prayed for me, and I can move my arm. I wasn't able to. Like, he just got out of the hospital the night before. Because we had called. To, anyway, we, he was in the hospital the night before. So try to keep these stories shorter. Um, so uh, anyway, I was like, oh, that's amazing. That's, and of course, tell him, this is Jesus. He loves you. He's after your heart. And I was like, do you love Jesus? Do you, do you follow Jesus? Are you a Christian? He's like, oh, yeah, totally. My grandfather was a, was a pastor. <laughs> Who's heard that? <laughs> no, son, that's not how it works. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, but, you know, he's after you individually. He wants your heart. And I think I, I prophesied that to him. I said, man, the Lord loves you, and you have a call in your life. I believe Jesus wants to use you for his kingdom, and he loves you, and he's after your heart, and that's why he's healing you. Well, anyway, try to make this quicker. He's out in the parking lot, and Philip and I are like, that was amazing. You know, we're in the back room just like, what? That's amazing. We're just praising God. And then I go back to the front and I see the kid and he's in the parking lot pacing back and forth of his car and he's going like this. He's in the parking lot. He's in the parking lot. And he's going, what is this? And so I open the door. I'm like, hey, come back in here. So he comes in and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know what's going on, but I just sat in my seat to drive away, and when I sat in, my arm fell out, flopped out of my sling, and I realized at that moment, my hand, uh, my shoulder is supposed to hurt like crazy, and it wasn't, so here I am, he, I went out, and I, he's out there testing, because his arm was healed, and we're like, praising God, you remember, Philip? It was amazing, and so, and then the, the, the icing on the cake of this story is when he leaves, and we were just celebrating with him. He leaves, I don't know, an hour later, a couple of hours later, he calls the store, and he's in tears. And he said, man, I don't know exactly what's happened, but I know that Jesus is after my heart, and I know that I have a calling on my life. Isn't that amazing and good that the Lord would even let me hear that? You know? Because like that other guy, I don't know what happened to him, but that guy... It was cool. So 
this, these are examples of what it's like daily to step out into this stuff, right? Uh, to step out and just take a risk. Uh, and we see what God's doing, and it's simple. We just come in and bless it. You know what I mean? Like, we just come in and say, I think I see you doing this. Would you do it? And it happens, right? You just come and participate with Holy Spirit. It's really cool. So, uh, and by the way, this can also look like, like a glass of water also. What I mean is, it's just as powerful to give somebody a meal or a bottle of water, right? Like practical things is what I'm getting at. Like it doesn't have to be this stuff. Like I think as powerful as that boy getting his arm healed is coming with the love of Jesus and hey, Here's a cup of water, right? Or uh, you need you need heat in your home, or you need this, and I want to come and bless that. I want to. I'm sure that's compassion. I'm going to step into that, and I'm going to pay for that person behind me's meal. Or I'm at the grocery, and the Lord is saying, "You see that struggling mom? She's trying to juggle all these kids. Just get her. Just get her, and buy her groceries too, right? Like any of that kind of stuff. That's all stepping out and saying, "I think this looks like Jesus. I'm going to do it." Make sense? Cool. So, um, one thing I just want to touch on, I said the second ingredient, if you will, is empowerment, is the spiritual gift, right? Like, the Spirit decides and gives gifts to us, right? Or some people call it spiritual graces, I've heard, or uh, charismatic gifts, all right? The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And in, in 1 Corinthians 12, if you want to look it up, there's a list. Uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, healing, miracle, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues. And in Ephesians 4, it lists uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And I don't want to get totally into this, but, but the Spirit gives us these gifts to encourage and to build his church and encourage one another, right? And so when we're stepping out into these things, it's helpful to know that I have been empowered by the Holy Spirit in certain ways, right? Like a prophetic word, for example, like in the jail. Remember the jail story I told in the beginning? It was powerful. We were delivering a message from the Bible, but and it was, it was powerful, but where it really broke in was the word of knowledge. That was a gift of the Holy Spirit in that guy. And he saw something in those men about working with their hands and that someone near and dear to them betrayed them. That's when the power came and the gospel really started to take foothold and four people got saved. It's the power of the Holy Spirit's gifts in us. Does this make sense? And so I don't know what yours all are and... and uh, he distributes them however, but I just want to encourage us that to step in the power of the Holy Spirit when we go and take think this looks like Jesus and then you know do it with the understanding that the Holy Spirit has also empowered you with certain gifts. Does that make sense? Cool. So uh, I want to share a quick story and I want to give some time for to receive from Jesus. I really think that, there's an impartation and an activation that Jesus has for us. But I just want to share this because this is important. We, we had a, 
a really powerful meeting in Campbellsville where some people came from Bethel, which, you know, that's not, names aren't important, but it was just a powerful time. Holy Spirit moved in a, we were, we were really being touched. And this carried over into, we went out for, for a late night Huddle House meal. <laughs> Huddle House, you know Huddle House, Waffle House. Uh, and I mean, we're, some of us are pretty intoxicated by the joy of the Lord. I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but there was just lots of laughter and we were feeling pretty good because we, there was a revelation that we were really loved and that everything else didn't matter. Like there was no fear, there's nothing, there's like this revelation that we're so loved and every, it's kind of funny. It's like, a, you know, like when you think about fear when you're in that deep presence of God, it becomes comical and so you're full of joy. And, and it was just a really powerful thing. So we step outside and I had this encounter. I'm in the parking lot and the Lord just, I mean, it was just crazy. And I'm on the parking lot ground on all fours and, the, and it's just under the spirit. So this isn't, this is just God, okay? What, it's not important that it was me or whatever. It's just what God did. And I was shouting because God was, was declaring a message. And I don't know if it was just for me or for that community or whoever was listening, but the, I was screaming, give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away. And what was happening was the Lord was saying, all that you've received, the spiritual empowerment, the, the gifts of the spirit, all these, all of him, all of him, all of him, just give it away, all of him and keep giving it away, keep giving it away, keep giving it away. He'll fill you and then give it away, give it away give it away, right? And so, man, that moment was so powerful, and I've, I've been marked by that. And so, give it away, y'all. Whatever he gives you, whatever resource he gives you, whatever spiritual resource he gives you, give it away, and then do it again, and then give it away again, okay? So, just to close, Start paying attention as you're going about your day. Just start looking around and see what God might be up to because he's always up to something and he's looking for people to partner with him. So he's always doing something. So just look for it. It's that easy. It's that easy. <laughs> uh, ask the Father, what are you doing? Every person you meet, what are you doing, Father? Are you doing something here? Sometimes, you know, he's not going to show you what. And so you just take care of business like normal or whatever, but there may be moments where he's like, yeah, I'm doing something here and I want you involved, you know? So, and then step out and take risks, partner with Holy Spirit, because it's already, he's already doing it, it's him, and just bless it. And I, I want to encourage you, and I hope that this, when you read John 5 and you see the understanding that God is always doing something, and Jesus only does what he sees his Father doing. God is always doing something, and you can come and do what you see the Father doing. I hope that it takes a lot of pressure off of you. Does, does that make sense? Do you feel like, for me, I feel like, oh, thank you, Lord. That's, I don't have to do a thing. This isn't even close to anything about me at all, actually. This is nothing to do with me. It's all you, and so there's no pressure. 
Pressure kills everything it touches. And that just takes all the pressure off because it's him already doing something. And he's just looking for someone to come and, you know, encourage him. Does that make sense? So, Meg, did you have anything? Okay. So, what I want to do now, and uh, let's just... Let's just open ourselves up to receive what Father might have for us. Um, and at this moment, we won't do any worship. We'll just—I just want to have a moment here, real quick. Are we good on time, bud? Uh, if we all, why don't we just stand? We could. And let's just go ahead and get ourselves in a posture of receiving from God. Open our hearts right now, Lord. And is it possible that Jesus may have something for you tonight, this morning? Is it possible? I think so. So we just open ourselves up. To receive the gift from you this morning, Jesus. And so what we're going to do, I'm just going to wait. We're just going to sit in his presence and just wait for him to move. Nobody has to say anything. Nobody has to pray anything. The Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to start to impart. He's going to start to release things. He's going to start to awaken and provoke things within you. It's already there. <laughs> 